0: happy friday happy, happy friday. friday to y'all
1: this, this is cool sean thanks for putting this together my man
2: oh
0: my yes plan. thank you for having us on been on uh, to do this for quite a long time actually so this is really cool Fantastic. am uh, gonna set your sights higher my dude <laughs> prepare <laughs> so to <on>. be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> not even close guys not even close i love your uh humility though so um how's everything? thing are you in omaha right now alex
2: uh, I am. Uh, we are now basically living in a uh, uh, state wherein you can't actually leave the country. So I, I have paltry little choice. I've I've gone out to visit Pat a couple times, and that has been a nice little interlude uh, away from the cornfields. But
0: um, I miss those cornfields though; they're they're great.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I actually don't see them very much because I, I, m- my navigation of Omaha is so limited. It's like my apartment, the gym, the grocery store. And then, yeah. you know, occasionally like, you know, the family's house or something like that. Sounds and right. uh, that's
0: about the extent of it. So I dig it. Yeah. I grew up, I think we talked about this uh, two podcasts ago, Alex, I was at 120th and central or center. I mm-hmm. spent most of my,
2: I, I can't give away my exact location, but I can definitely say it's not, it's not too far from there.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good bar of town. I like it. And uh, uh,
2: know- yeah, for sure. I you can literally do a bar crawl meaning crawl from one bar to the next and you know you're not gonna be you're not gonna be overextending yourself
0: i dig it Mm -hmm. um it's already recording i mean we can start right now or we can um cover some topics whatever's good for you guys Let's, what, what, st- let's let's
2: just do it. Let's just let's just riff, unless Alex is scared. <laughs> Are you scared? I'm, I'm not afraid. I was actually going to say, <laughs> you know, think, yeah. um, Pat is probably scared of anybody. <laughs> Alex, <is. laughs> I, I, mean, I, I see you. I see you shivering and shaking over there.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> Widgety yeah. fun. Um, we'll, we'll just start, guys. Welcome back to the show, Alex Salkin, the Hebrew Hammer, Pat Flynn, for like the 50th time. Uh, stoked to have you guys back on the show. The big boys. Right? The big boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do it. I hope he does. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, all right. So you guys are doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we'll definitely get to your podcast seminar tomorrow, or as a class is coming up here pretty soon, Pat, and then your Indeed. strength uh, stuff. So a lot of fun stuff to chat about. Um, let's see. First off, what are you guys jamming on? What are you working on music-wise? Oh, yeah, Alex, I've seen you've been ripping it
1: on the bass lately, my man. I always try to bug him to bring the bass out when he comes to visit, but uh, he has failed on just about every occasion. <laughs> not, a, not a whole lot since we last spoke. Sean, I still, have the, I still have a few tracks on the old computer. I could actually use some bass tracks to him, honestly. Um, so it's Alex's fault that I'm, I'm held up on the production
0: schedule here. Just blame the Jews. This is a pretty <laughs> common there. refrain. I'm,
2: I'm used to it by now.
0: Well, I I think it'd be kind of fun to like, to get put out a riff and like, bassline, guitar riff, guitar riff, and uh, jam on it.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah, I, totally. so all the for people who for like the five people that have listened to my songs on SoundCloud, thank you. Um, that uh, the whole thing is just it's just um, it it's kind of quilted together. Uh, I did the I did the guitar work and. Um, and kind of wrote the general structure of the songs, but everything else is just outsourced, other musicians filling in, the, filling in the missing instruments. Really? Yep. So I just hire people on like freelance websites to sing or to program some of the drums or stuff like that. So the internet's a cool place for sure. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was wondering how you got your drums in there. Ain't, uh, me. <laughs> Ain't
0: me. I don't play drums. I'm not no. that much of a generalist. That would be pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Wow. So is it like Fiverr or other places where you're like, hey, I need um, some double bass for a metal riff? Yeah,
1: so Fiverr, yeah, you brought up the singer that I have. So if you listen to a few tracks, some people thought that that was me singing. Very, very flattering. Definitely not me singing. Um, That's a Fiverr guy. That's just some, like, literally going to Fiverr, I'm like, rock and roll singer, type it in. And, uh, you know, you can, like, sample people's demo tracks. I'm like, I think this guy would be good. I sent him the tracks and... You know he said he thought he could do it and he actually really didn't like what he did he was he was kind of very apologetic um because he he's kind of like more of a, a singer that i hired he's kind of more of a singer songwriter and i'm kind of sending him some pretty heavy tunes mm-hmm. um but i thought he did a, i thought he
0: did a good job i thought so too i thought it was you but not me fair enough. Mm-hmm. interesting I, I trained a guy who moved here from Chicago and he was a front man. I'm, I don't get to say front man very often He was a front man for a cover group that like they do fish and Metallica and like Primus and some pretty fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll recommend that to him to, to try and find some people to work with.
1: Yeah, it's affordable. It's good. I mean, you help out, you help out musicians, you know, who might be in between gigs or something like that. So it's a win win.
0: Oh, for sure. Really cool. Um, Awesome, and since
1: you're in charge, you can make them sing about any stupid thing you want. Just write like the craziest lyrics.
2: Yeah, Alex, Alex would be. I'm sure Alex would come up with something creative. I would love that. Actually, I'm thinking right now of ways to do that because periodically, sing about this soup can and make it super metal. Yeah, I like to. Well, I like to come up with like just silly lyrics or silly like turns of phrase and stuff like that. And uh, I feel like you would you would have to include in the notes. Uh, make sure you record your reaction upon reading this as well as singing it because you want to put that up on your youtube just to be like you know it's like extra you know extra material like you're trolling the the singer and then he gives you what you ask for and next thing you know you know you're like uh uh i'm getting a call so i'm a little bit distracted um but anyway next thing you know you're you're like okay this is actually what you're really going to be singing so so now we've got the, the comedy side of it and then we got like the serious side of it. So uh, right. you can have a little extra fun. Well, I'm going to do that next time because uh,
1: all the songs, all the lyrics were written by this guy. So I, I honestly don't even know what, what they are. I didn't really care. I'm not, I'm not trying to make like a statement in yeah. that department. What I'm going to do is I'm literally going to have like my five or six year old next time just write the lyrics and whatever they come up with, I'm going to be like, this is what you have to sing.
0: Oh, that's so good. You know, mm-hmm. I had uh, Jonathan Goodman on a month or two ago. He's got a, a four year old boy, Calvin. He sings about poop a lot. So he had some really good lyrics going, you know?
1: Sounds you it. sounds above most of popular level music today. I how yeah. would, give that kid uh,
0: a record contract.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no
0: kidding. Calvin with all the poop lyrics. This is hilarious. Well, that's really entertaining. I dig it. Well, you inspired me, Pat. I um, actually put my guitar amp here and I mic'd it. And I was uh recording myself last night jamming. Zoom is horrible for recording audio. It's horrible. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do the best we can. Cool, man. That's good. I look forward to hearing it. For sure. Well, we can. If we get squirrely later, we can get on the podcast.
1: Heck yeah. I got my, I'm looking <laughs> at my guitar right there. I could really <laughs> almost reach it. Almost reach it. Got to do a little force pull, and I would have it. But, yeah. How about you? You got your bass around?
2: Uh, it's in my bedroom. I'm in my living room right now, so it's not exactly handy, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have to quash your, your jam session idea just because I'm,
0: I'm too lazy to get up and grab it. Oh, clearly. Lazy. Yes. Um, all right, so fill me in. Pat, you have got a podcasting masterclass coming up. What's this all about?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is, a, this is something that people have asked me to do for, for a while, and I've, I've put it off. Well, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll put it off for the obvious reason because there's this other Pat Flynn on the Internet. We call him fake Pat Flynn. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Alex knows who I'm talking about. This, this rogue scoundrel who goes around using my good name. How <laughs> over- dare
2: he be born with the same name? I mean, it,
1: it's, so, it's so unbelievably arrogant. I just every day I just Completely. wake up in such a rage.
2: Didn't, and- you, didn't you say you were going to have him on your podcast at one point? We did we did
1: like go back and forth a little bit with scheduling, and it just never worked out. I'll be honest; like he seems like a perfectly nice guy, uh, but yeah, but yeah. there's just there's just nothing we I would really have to talk to him about. Like I just I just I'm just I don't follow him. People say good things about his podcast, so this is the smart passive income Pat yeah. Flynn, right? And he talks a lot about podcasting, so I'm like, I don't need to do another thing that's just going to add to the confusion uh-huh. between the Pat Flyns, but. I'm actually teaching a, a course on podcasting um, at, at a college now. I'm, I'm officially a, a professor, I guess. Uh, the, the college I did my master's program at was like desperate for somebody to do a course on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I got to put together this curriculum anyways. And people have been asking me to do a podcasting masterclass. So I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. So I'm just kind of, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So what I'll be teaching the college students, I'm just going to repurpose a little bit and add some business focus elements uh, to it. For anybody who wants to learn how to start and grow a podcast, and we'll be kicking that off next week. We'll go through branding, marketing, you know, set up, keeping it, try to keep it, you know, as inexpensive as possible. How to come up with podcast ideas, the basics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be so helpful. I would have taken this course. I, I might even still take the course. Dude, I I'll put
1: you in it for sure.
0: Oh, I would love that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, no problem. Happy yeah. to do it. I, I would. I would dig it, and I, I will attend. Um, I've learned a lot from you and from Alex on how to best ask questions and, and carry on conversations. 95% of the time, I have no questions. Like, you guys have no questions on my notepad today because yeah. it's just that easy to talk to. Fine. But yeah, oh, the other Pat Flynn, I'll add to it. I get his emails almost every day, they get your emails, Pat. So it's like really confusing. <laughs> like,
1: have, heaven is it? <laughs> help me. You know, I have some funny stories where I was, they're actually not funny, they're actually kind of depressing, but I think they're funny where my publisher booked me on like like live radio right for my for like some of my previous books mm-hmm. but i was booked under the assumption of the producers that i was the other pat flynn
0: oh wow and
1: so i'm like 10 minutes into this interview or 10 or 15 minutes into an interview this only happened one time really badly where we actually began the interview and only about halfway through did we realize that it was the wrong that's <laughs> the wrong pat flynn <laughs> that they think they had and oh it was an absolute catastrophe. Uh, it was easily one of the worst interviews. Cause I had I couldn't keep I could like what am I gonna I'm gonna pull like a George Costanza and like just pretend <laughs> pretend on this
2: other bad Flynn. Dude, you know what would have been amazing if you had been like uh you know the there, there's another guy with my name. He's got a great website. It's chroniclesofstrength.com. dot uh, com. You should really check it out. You should have just like kept up the, the facade of being this guy. That would have been like incredible because now it's like, oh well, you know this other Pat Flynn speaking so highly of this kettlebell Pat Flynn. We should we should totally check him out.
1: <laughs> Man, if I had if I had more brass and intelligence, that might have been the angle that I would have taken. <laughs> But I, oh, I was I was pretty upset with my publisher. I'm like, you had better be sure before you book me for any PR stuff that they know exactly what Pat Flynn they're, they're talking to. Absolutely. Uh, so, mm-hmm. again, I'm sure he's a fine guy. He's just not the real Pat Flynn.
2: No. That's what you need to do. You need your podcast uh, masterclass it needs to be the real Pat Flynn's podcasting <laughs> masterclass. And then, like, the tagline would be, like, accept no substitutions just like like really out there man i i, I that's what you i would do. do. i, I would do it at this point it might as well because like there's no way that i'm going to
1: avoid confusion so i just might as well just feed into it right or exactly. play it at least play into it
0: mm-hmm. oh that's exactly. so funny mm-hmm. i'm glad you owned that up that's great i actually mm-hmm. um, have taken some of his seminars and uh, webinars and stuff too and he does a really good job of like uh, you know he's got a different angle he's a father as well and uh, breaks down, he accidentally stumbled into podcasting as well and ebooks because he was trying to create a, a program for people to learn CAD or something more effectively. And it turned into passive income. So it's kind of cool how it transpired. Yeah,
1: I, I'm joking about it. Obviously, I have heard a lot of really good things about the, the fake Pat Flynn.
0: So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, have, I have a fake Sean Sewell. This guy's, um, I'm not as kind about him as you are about the other Pat Flynn. This guy. <laughs> So I'm trying to get the do- domain seansewell.com just to keep things simple, you know? Own your own domain name if possible. Oh, and yeah. it, has, it has a one-page website, a picture of oh, somebody that's playing football. It's unacceptable. same picture for 10 years. And I keep making him bids. I'm like, $500, man. That's a lot of money for that one picture, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about being named Alex Salkin and have it,
2: first of all, the first Minutes. name be spelled wrong. And then second of all, have a very uncommon last name is that I don't have to deal with this crap. This is basically, yeah, this is people who have very American names like Sean Sewell and Pat Flynn. and look yeah. Nobody's well, got that name. Except that. maybe with a .ru, you know, like a Russian uh, <laughs> website, but I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Not,
1: and not to make it, the, uh, an uninteresting topic even more uninteresting, but there's a third Pat Flynn floating around the freaking internet no. who plays guitar.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, this oh. is really, we are dealing with some Matrix stuff right now, and I feel okay. like I'm the only one that has, has not yet been copied. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. but that's actually not true because, you know, my dad sent me something a couple months ago. I haven't dealt with it. I really need to deal with this. Um, Some somebody used—they actually used uh, my—I think it's Salkin Performance. I I really shouldn't be giving them free airtime, but some somebody out of Bratislava, Slovakia, stole my name and even (laughs) stole my logo on uh, on uh, for my website, and they set up like a kettlebell. Thing and uh, and I, I really need to I need to sue them, but I haven't done anything yet.
1: Dude, is uh, that so funny? You bring that up. So somebody messaged me on my page just like two days ago, with the same thing. There's this UK kettlebell company. I, I forget their name. I would totally throw them under the bus right now if I could, because they're just using all my images, all my kettlebell images, all my branding, and all their ads. Uh-huh. And this guy, this guy, this fan of mine was like calling them out in their ads. He was like, does, does Pat Flynn know about this? Is Pat Flynn? Do it? So he was being, I guess, kind of helpful in that regard. Another one, hilariously enough, my sister is driving up north here in Wisconsin with a uh, with a friend of hers, and they go by a big billboard, and guess who's on it? This dude in all my kettlebell stuff. Hey, some gym friend. is just using like my legit like they just stole my image of me holding two kettlebells for in their in Wisconsin. It was my own state too, right? Like, but like way up north. That's very. And it's guy. like it's like kind of flattering, but at the same time, it's like yeah you just totally stole that
0: right put the kibosh on there oh for sure Well, that goes into an important topic about copywriting and and then deeper uh trademarking and patent i filed for a trademark two years ago and it took about seven or eight months to get it Mm. and um i don't know why i did it just to see if i could do it i guess but um it's very hard to get a trademark but copywriting anything we we write or put out there is like automatically kind of covered but it's hard to enforce right so what is the next steps if if you want to you know find out who did a you know uh, screen grab of your image pat and put it on a billboard like like how would you handle it
1: well, yeah i'll tell you what we did christine i guess sent them some type of cease and desist threat mm-hmm. and that was that was all that seemed to be needed so but i'll be honest it was kind of like what, what are we going to do if they refuse at this point like it's probably yeah. probably nothing like is it even worth the hassle so right that's yeah i'm with you it's like what it's whatever they're gonna use my face for some gym up in backwoods wisconsin if they're that that, that
0: desperate i'm not gonna i'll die on some hills that's not a hill i'm gonna die on right mm-hmm. well put well put there's actually um i was trying to find the resource that i i use that anytime you uh your name or your business pops up it'll let you know and like you alex i, I keep popping up in russia um, for split boarding stuff. We know like this stuff back there and I'm very flattered. It hasn't been anything negative yet But it's just kind of nice to know if you have a business or a trade name What's being used? Um, obviously we won't work for the billboard for you, but you spot your sister spot. How crazy Sal Salcon Sal- <laughs> performance. I'm
1: gonna yeah, go get them a am bu- gonna go give them a bunch of business.
2: You I'm son gonna- of a- you know what actually I'm gonna, knew- I'm gonna cancel my subscription to yours. I'm gonna switch it over to that. <laughs> Figures, man. This- you know what, just for that, I'm gonna go on Probably the- get it the- cheaper. <laughs> Pl- I'm gonna get go the other Pat Flynn's podcast on Hey day man. Day, hey day man, day that's like not that. cool. That's not cool. Hey, okay, now you've crossed the line, buddy. Uh, yeah, I actually know people in Bratislava, so I think what I need to do is reach out and be like, hey, uh, can you help me craft something in, in Slovak that I can send them and just let them know, you know, there's going to be hell to pay if you don't. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. I've, I've been there before. Bratislava a real dump. Uh, I'm going to just totally, (laughs) actually, that's not entirely true. I was there in like February and it was like, and I I was there to teach a workshop and it was in like a really industrial kind of area. Mm -hmm. Legit, man. It was like driving through it. I was like, Oh my God. I went back to like 1981, like communist era Czechoslovakia. And here I, it was like, you know, like if you ever see the, the James Bond movie, the living daylights, they have like a really pretty view Mm -hmm. of Bratislava. It's like, uh, you know, it was not that. It was like I could see something really nice in the background, but I didn't see any of that up front. It was Mm. uh, um, I I didn't see the cool parts of the city, uh, but it it definitely had that like drab Soviet look to it. Mm. Um, So if you go there, avoid those places, go to the cool parts. I'm just going to let the listeners know because uh, they've got some nice castles and that sort of a thing but if how, did, really how know, would it compare
1: to say downingtown
2: pennsylvania
1: your old home. better, you're, man. You're town hometown? Like,
2: <laughs> the, the word down is right in the in the name because it's like you've really gone down until you get to Coatesville. Like, uh, you're, you're basically as low as you can go. <laughs> this is, yeah,
1: short story. That's where, I, that's where I put Alex when he decided to come live out in Pennsylvania. We put him, we put him in Downingtown.
2: Well, you didn't really put me there per se. Um, the, I ended up there. And, and funny enough, it was like, you know, Pat and I did kind of reverse course because you said you lived, you and Christine lived in Downingtown um, like for a while. And then, yep. and in fact, I think you had just recently moved because the first time I met you when I came out to Westchester, you had just moved into the place. That you were in for a good couple of years, mm. and uh, and I remember you and I stopped by your old place because I think you had to drop something off or check for some mail or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. And then I ended, and then when I moved back to the states, I stayed with you and Christine for a few months, and then uh, I moved to Downingtown, um, and uh, and so it was like you went from Downingtown to Westchester, which is a real step up, and <laughs> I went from Westchester to Downingtown, which was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was not nearly as as cool. But Downingtown anyway, was, that- Downingtown was okay, but not okay enough to want to stay there for much longer than a year. Right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that, that probably made sense to like
0: one person. Right. Well, mm-hmm. Is this outside of Philadelphia? Right. Very mm-hmm. much so, yeah. My next person I'm meeting with is from Philadelphia. He's a male nurse. Give me a restaurant that is good out there. So I can just drop that and blow his mind. Um, Station <clears throat> cap room.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. So I actually think a lot of the restaurants outside of Philadelphia are better than Philadelphia. Um, in Philadelphia, we we rarely actually went into Philly when we lived in the Philly area because it's honestly, crazy. any yeah, it's not it's not my favorite city. Um, I mean, it's cool like like the cultural stuff, the historical sure. stuff. That's all cool. But there's nothing there's nothing like food wise. Like even like Philly cheesesteaks. Like you'll get a good Philly cheesesteak outside of Philly easily. I mean, I, I made all my Philly family and friends mad the other day when i said that the jersey mike's cheesesteak right here in waukesha was wisconsin was as good as anything i had in philly fighting words um they yeah they can get sensitive over those things and that's why i say them um
2: <laughs> you know what my favorite philly story is i, I just well,
1: have well, to well hold on let me let me just get the restaurants okay.
2: outside yep. of philly
1: um go to a place called alba restaurant alba in malvern mm. you'll take a little train outside of philly it might be 30-ish minutes it's in a awesome little town and it's a delicious restaurant so i'll put that i'll throw my
2: and actually that's a great way to do it too because the train station is literally right next to the the restaurant meaning like if you're coming i guess if you're coming from philly you'll have to cross to the other side of the road and uh and that's about it meaning like you don't have to walk very far it's like legit like a one minute walk sweet yeah. It's so good. Alex,
1: that, that story now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. Okay. So I was just going to say my favorite story about Philly because, you know, I I think it's more fun to make fun of uh, people who are most likely to get offended.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, people in Philly, like if you make fun of New Yorkers, I, I don't think they really care. Mm-hmm. Like, They're like, all right, whatever. But uh, but people in Philly are like, are, are indescribably like attached to Philly. Mm-hmm. So there was a story, I don't remember how many years ago this was, but it was like, um, I think Pat might remember. Actually, it might have been for the Super Bowl. Uh, when the Eagles were were going to play the Super Bowl, the cops were like, "We're going to put Crisco all over all of the uh, the light the light poles, mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to have like everybody basically like on the ready because because if the Eagles lose, they're going to trash this town, and if the Eagles win, they're going to trash, trash it. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be ready for it. Yeah. Dude, so I
1: yeah, so I lived through when I first went to college in Philly was the year that the Phillies won the World Series. And it was insane. Outside of my and I wasn't even in Philly. I was a little outside of Philly. But the kids were flipping cars over, setting stuff on fire. Like I'm like, what what did I what did I come to here? Like I thought they were supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's like insane rioting and that was before like all the stuff in in the city with the parade and all this or that and then yeah same thing with the super bowl it's like man this is what victory is in in philadelphia i'm not sure i i want anything to do with it this um, is, it's, a very, it's a very interesting cultural attitude out there especially around sports
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I i would liken it probably to to boston here in denver we, at least in the 90s we were very sports centered. we had the Avalanche was winning Stanley Cups. Broncos won back-to-back Super Bowls. The Nuggets were doing good. So, yeah, we would have, like you mentioned, it'd be riots. Like, we're pretty laid-back people here in Colorado. But you get enough drinks and mob mentality, people get stupid.
1: And that's why I'm actually kind of happy about like these sports, you know, hopefully being canceled with the COVID, because like people need to like break free of this like sick mental attachment that they have tribalistic attachment they have with some of these sports teams. I I think it might, I think it might be therapeutic
0: for people to give up sports for a a year here. Mm -hmm. Find new passions, go do something new, something they can have more control over and, and create as opposed to basing their emotions off of something they have no control whatsoever over. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, It is funny too, to see how, how connected people get to like a team so much so that they, that they describe wins and losses in like the first person, like, man, we really crushed (laughs) you. We, like you weren't there, like you were texting me the whole time from your couch. Yeah, like it it really is nuts. I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think ironically, it seems like the people who are are least likely to riot, when something goes wrong with like, whoever they were rooting for is like MMA fans. Because I've seen so, and again, actually in Nebraska, I don't don't think I've ever seen or heard of a riot. Like the Huskers have won a couple of national championships i think everyone was just really happy about it like nobody was like all right let's go burn down omaha (laughs) stakes you know (laughs) that That never never, happened never occurred to anyone right but um but yeah i i just remember i I used to go to like buffalo wild wings and i'd watch like the ufc matches and there were so many times when i because i actually really like mma i don't like most sports but i like ufc uh in particular and there were times when there were people i was like dead sure we're gonna win and i went with a friend and i was talking as much trash as i possibly could And uh, and then, you know, my guy lost and I was like, well, (laughs) I guess I don't know anything because like, you know, I wasn't like upset. I also didn't put any any money on it or anything like that. But my but my reaction was pretty typical with everybody else they'd be like, ah, dang it. And then it was like over, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, I I don't know if that's just because it's it's a a newer sport, a different kind of sport. Um, But but yeah, you you just don't see too much car flipping when uh, when your favorite UFC champ loses.
0: I think i have a theory on this um you uh, you might be wrong i was listening to uh, mike muller you know who he is the kettle oh yeah of course yeah. oh awesome. yeah
1: yeah, yeah. go mike, mikey mike
0: he's super awesome right um last week he put up a, a really cool video about uh, men with low testosterone and basically mm. it was the people we're, we're characterizing right here people who overreact um don't, it's a big generalization but maybe don't have good hormone levels right and people who have good hormone levels they don't overreact to this kind of stuff because they're, they're confident. Yeah, yeah. That, makes, that
2: makes good sense, actually. I think Mike is, uh, yeah, he's really bright when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, you don't so, need to,
1: I don't think, you know, I don't think you need to sell me too hard that there's some sort of chemical imbalance going on oh, with yeah. people who <laughs> <laughs> act that sort of way. Yeah. I, don't yeah. need, I, don't, I don't need too
2: strong of an argument to believe that. <laughs> in fact, that's my go-to now. I'm just going to go with what Mike said. I, I,
0: I, I, I find no flaw in his argument yeah yeah. Uh, it's very sound uh and we're we're three men who have good hormones and take care of absolutely perfect absolutely best (laughs) never better terrific believe me the best
2: hormones we have the best hormones ever folks believe me (laughs) they're they're phenomenal they're fantastic
1: i I actually haven't had a a screen in in quite some time i did a number of years ago and everything was was looking good Mm -hmm. i'm probably i'm probably overdue for it's good to get those those checkups every now and then just to See how the old system is doing.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm kind of erotic about this kind of stuff. I really enjoy the endocrinology. And uh, when I was a caretaker for my mother and father, they had a lot of hormonal stuff too. So I go in once here and get it checked and, and the estrogen and all the subfractions just to get an idea. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. So my ratings are usually around 900 out of a measurement of, I think, 200 to 1,200. So 900 is, is pretty good for a 41-year-old. Yeah, no, it is for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it pays off mostly between the ears is where I like it the most because the cognitive benefit of having good hormones is, is a whole lot better than having crappy hormones. Sure. Agreed. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet. Oh, uh, by the way, I did find that service. It's a free service to keep track of your guys' names and all your listeners out there. It's called Talk Walker. So talk as we're talking and Walker um, Alerts. Oh, sweet. Yeah, punch in your name and see who's talking about you. <laughs> Talk. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, really? I'm, I'm going to put I'm that interested. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah. Talkwalker.com. How much is it? Free? Is it free? It's free. Oh,
2: well, they're, they're, you're paying with something else for sure. Like they're getting your data or something like that. But that well, might be worth it because I'm, I'm just so curious. Well, I'll search for you right now. Yeah, Thanks. Let me know who's talking trash, actually, because if there are not enough people talking trash, I need to fix that. I feel like uh, <laughs> that it means I'm irrelevant, if that's the case. I appreciate hey, Yeah.
1: So, Alex, I don't know if you ever do this, but occasionally I will go see what people on like Reddit or whatever are, are saying. Um, mm-hmm. I don't typically recommend it, um, but <laughs> I have to say the last time I did it, I was pretty surprised. One, I was actually quite pleased, well, I think, the last time I did it, because I think somebody just shared... Um. And like, I, I didn't know this person. I certainly didn't have them do it. I didn't pay them to do it. I know some marketers do that. Like they pay people to go mention them in Reddit. Like it's a crafty strategy. None of that business here. I just, I was like Google, Pat Flynn, Reddit. Somebody had shared my $1 ebook, my kettlebell ebook in there. And it got like a whole bunch of attention and it drove a, a bunch of sales. And it was mostly very nice things. Of course, there were the few trolls here or there. But my expectation is whenever I go and see myself in a form, it's probably going to be almost universally <laughs> not happy stuff uh but I'm, I'm, i don't know maybe internet culture is improving a little bit mm-hmm.
2: now I, I think you might be right by the way i'm so curious I, I decided to get on reddit i'm I'm now looking up alex salkin on reddit and uh looks to me like so far there's nothing negative so again i gotta fix that but um <laughs> yeah i'm i'm definitely gonna have to snoop through the uh through the old forums there
0: right mm-hmm. This service will go through reddit as well uh, like i just searched my name and uh My podcast with Craig Marker popped up in Russia again. Nice. Yeah. All right. I created an alert for you. So by tomorrow, I will have some intel for you, Alex. There you go, Alex. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Text in the mail. Sweet. Well, speaking of interesting services like this, um, my wife went out uh, to visit her family one Friday night a few weeks ago, had a few drinks, and I learned how to make animated graphics and logos. So I've been really enjoying taking my friends' business logos and just spruce them up and stuff. And so if you want me to do it for you, um, and listeners not, up there, too, Yeah, absolutely. They, they last, dude. I'm, I'm on it. it. Heck yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's also cool to make these like lower thirds for your YouTube videos, you know? Mm-hmm. An yeah. Intro and then you go into your presentation. Exactly. You know,
2: I, I, I'm definitely interested in that because YouTube, I haven't really been very good with social media. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've mystically managed to get like a decent number of subscribers on Facebook and YouTube, but, but, um, I I don't do all that much fancy stuff with it. I know a lot of people do. I feel like it would be, it would be useful for the purpose of, you know, getting more leads and that sort of a thing. Um, but for so long, it's just been basically, I'm going to turn my camera on, do something, be done with it. I, I feel like a little like touch of, uh, of, well, uh, a little touch of class. A little touch of class would be good, at least to you know, to spruce it up a little bit. Because I always think the information is good, but if the presentation is is not as good, I think more and more, uh, if it's people's first impression, I think that it rubs off on them, and uh, people are. And I could be wrong about this, but I think people are very um, are, are very drawn in by that, like that that look of at least basic level professionalism. Mm-hmm. I remember. When Kelly Starrett started doing his uh, his mobility wide stuff, you know you you look at some of his stuff from nine or ten years ago, it was basically just somebody turned on a camera and went from there and it was like amazing information. but I think he's also now started doing like a little bit better produced uh, information because I think that's just where we've gone. It's like it sets people apart nowadays, whereas in the past, I think it was maybe a little less important right. I, I totally agree
0: yeah. with that. No, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, Yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess I don't, I can't figure this one out, right? Because I have done a mix of both, right? So, Alex, you know, when we were in PA, I had Yona, good old Yonatan, right? Had to come in with his fancy cameras and do like, so if you go on my YouTube video and you see like the ones with the formal intros and it looks well shot, it's because I actually had a cameraman doing that. And some of those videos have done and are doing extremely well, but I don't know if any one of those has done better than like some of my best here's my crappy flip phone. Here's my crappy flip cam. Here's my crappy iPhone workout video. So yeah. I, I, I don't even have a, a hard and fast. I mean, to me, it's like the content needs to be good no matter what. Right. So that's yeah. content is paramount. And then does the polish hurt? I don't think it ever hurts, but at least for me, has it made like a significant significant difference? Nothing that I've been able to detect, anyways. You definitely get hurt. It definitely hurts if like a certain minimum amount of quality isn't met. That's true. Yeah. Right. So if you're not meeting a certain minimum amount of quality in audio or video, then then you're going to suffer big time. But once, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, w- I was just gonna say, you know, I'm, I'm. I remember uh, I've looked through some of your old videos, and I know you've told me about this too. It was like at one point, you know, you just put up a video, and it's like fifty thousand views, like no problem. And I think. It would seem, and again, I don't know if this is true or not, because I'm no social media expert, but it it seems like the way that social media um, platforms work is that when they're new, they make it very easy for you to go viral. If it's, you know, like there's a lower barrier of entry for going viral. And then as they get a bit more established and people kind of tend to start, let's say, needing the platform or it becomes something that's just a part of everybody's day to day life. Um, then it's it becomes more pay to play, or it's a lot harder to go or, uh, viral organically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know Pat, you and I have talked about this before. And well, it, yeah, if that's the case.
1: So I just yeah, I just pulled up my my YouTube and my my five most popular videos. One of my videos is how to goblet Squad. It's got about seven hundred thousand views. It's a three and a half minute video, and it was shot on a crappy flip. Remember those old flip cams? Remember those mm-hmm. things? Yeah. And it's like, it's like terrible production quality, but it's one of my most popular videos out of my five more popular videos. It seems like only one was more highly produced. We got one Yonatan video in there called the five most common kettlebell swing mistakes, but that one is about 150,000. So that's still a couple now, granted it's also a lot more recent. So it hasn't had as much time on there and the algorithms have changed and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just kind of, it's interesting.
2: Oh, the one video that we did, I don't mean to interrupt you, Sean, but I got to say this, and Pat, I know you're going to agree with me. The one video that really should have gone viral beyond belief was our Michael Caine video.
1: Everyone hated that one. It, was, <laughs> it got, like, no attention.
2: Yeah, we, we basically, uh, Pat and, uh, <laughs> and, pho- and photographer slash videographer Yonatan, uh, they, they liked my Michael Caine impression. <laughs> and so there, Pat was like, well, we got to Michael do Caine. Here. Hello. Oh, no. Is Michael Caine. <laughs> you know, Michael Caine, like from, from Batman, oh, right. right? That was fantastic. Right. I mean, I look nothing like the guy, but like uh, we decided we were going to do a video of me giving instructions <laughs> with Michael Caine, doing a Michael Caine impression. Teaching. And, what did you teach? The swing? I forget what yeah, it was. It was a swing. And, and you know, the funny thing is that it was like, uh, I remember we, had, we had like a, a script written out and, um, and Yonatan wrote it and he picked the, the most obscure Michael Caine roles. Like he could have been like, you might remember me from such films as the Dark Knight series or, or something like that. And he's like, and it was Hannah and her sisters and Jaws Four: the revenge. Like those are the ones that he picked. And it was, I mean, it was meant to be tongue in cheek, like through and through, but it got like 800 views and I, and, and Christine, Pat's wife well, even came up with a great, uh, uh, screen or what would it be it would, it like a thumbnail? And it was just – it was uh, a uh, random, uh, like a free picture of a guy <laughs> swinging a kettlebell. It was really poorly photoshopped. Yeah, I have a pull-up uh, of it too. So, so, so here it is. It's it's Michael Caine, parentheses, famous actor, yeah. <laughs> teaches
1: the kettlebell swing. And it's only got a th- about a little over 1,000 views. It's actually one of my worst performing videos. <laughs> but, it, like, the joke is, like – Here's something where we actually had the production quality, we had the videographer, we actually wrote a script. I've never written a script for anything. So you write a script, get a video like we think we have a funny I thought it was funny. Maybe I'm the only one. No, Alex dude. thought it was funny.
0: My parents and, even like, loved
1: it. and just and just total crickets, right? <laughs> and then I and then I put up some other video of like me just doing some stupid thing in my backyard on my iPhone and like it goes it goes viral, right? It's just <laughs> you can't you can't figure some of this stuff out. You just you can't. Know
0: you mm-hmm. can't oh that's so funny I, I have a pull up here too I have it in uh, the chat and I'll put it in the show notes so everybody can watch that uh, good
2: get those numbers up we got rookie numbers right now we got to <laughs> we got a pump 38 likes.
0: Oh, yeah. 38 likes right now uh, 38 was me so
2: yeah that's exactly the problem like you created 38 YouTube accounts you know we we need a couple more organic ones we we greatly appreciate it though. I'm going to throw that out there yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, and like it's it like has like a totally catchy headline too who's not going to click Mike yeah it's Amos. like it should drive famous actor <laughs> and it's like it's like has all the elements of something that should should work right catchy headline like if you're into kettlebells like this is totally weird how are you not going to click it it's got humor it's well produced and it actually like it's a decent swing tutorial like we went through the swing yeah mm-hmm. so it's like it checks all the boxes of something that at least could work and yeah, it just was a complete flop. So it's a, it's a
0: great demonstration though, about, um, you, you even have the keywords, correct. Kettlebell swing, Russian kettlebell swing, how to do a Russian kettlebell swing, Michael Caine workout. Like that's very Michael attractive. Right. How workout. many people are looking up Michael Caine workout? I don't know if that's actually one, one meet those people are probably pretty interesting.
1: Somebody <laughs> watches a dark night, but you know, Christian Bale looks pretty fit, but I went the Michael Caine workout. Yeah.
2: Well, Michael Caine's so well. butt was popping in that movie. I got to figure <laughs> out what he's doing.
0: Well, that one person, this is the best video for them. How funny. But to your point, Pat and Alex, um, I have I've taken courses. I, I've used services like Social Blade and TubeBuddy. And I, I you know, do the right imaging for the YouTube videos. And sometimes we put in a lot of effort with microphones and lighting and all the things. And it gets a portion of what I thought it would hopefully get. Other times, my wife just whips out her iPhone and films something randomly. We put it up, and 20,000 people later, you're like, oh. what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite understand how it works. So my Yeah.
1: Help. So that's why I just I just don't sweat it too much. I, I mm-hmm. try to be like, okay, there's clearly a minimum floor you can't go below. Mm-hmm. But and if I can do some extra nice things production-wise, sure, I'll do it, but otherwise I'm I'm just going to get the thing out.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, the content is king, and as long as the audio is not crap, you're good to go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a lesson for all the social media people out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just and just also like total Fate to like, there's some videos that I just have. Well, there's a lesson behind that. It's like, it is a numbers game, right? It's like baseball, I guess. T- talking of sports, like sometimes you're going to hit a single. Sometimes you're going to strike out. Sometimes you're going to hit a double. If you keep swinging, you'll probably do something decent eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be consistent in the content generation.
0: That, that's awesome. I think we can all agree with that. And that's great advice for anybody out there. Who's, who's trying to make it and is feeling a little frustrated. Just keep swinging, keep practicing, keep getting the bat keep going yeah
1: and and also understand that people have been doing this like i was just looking at that one of those videos was nine years old i've been doing this for a minute and that isn't even my oldest video so i've been doing this for a long time i've been studying this for a long time and i i certainly don't have it all figured out but you know you get some certain principles in place you have at it and good things will happen
0: absolutely and and to add to that what i've learned with youtube and um and websites in general is google and youtube want to reward people who are helpful and have good content not flashy not the you know whatever they want the viewer or the listener or the reader to get something of value out of that and if they do they will reward you organically with placement hmm. you know i have to say this I, I, th- th- a couple of years ago i
2: really regret not making a uh, connection with this guy because i'm when i was living in israel it was like basically i think a few months before i was preparing to leave and uh, my friend Eduardo, who Pat knows, um, was uh, studying there. He was doing a well, he was doing postdoctoral research uh, in astrophysics at the at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And he just great like social butterfly, like just meets people and like really great at setting up like social events. And so um, he managed to you know set up a like a kind of like. It was like a barbecue sort of a thing in, in one, of the, one of the parks in Jerusalem, Gan Saker. And And uh, we were all getting together. It was just a bunch of nerds from the university that he was at. And they all had these different, you know, different things they were doing. And one of the guys, is an American dude, um, said that when he was done with uh, whatever he was doing at the university, I don't remember what it was, he was going to go to work for YouTube. And I wish I had just made that contact so that I could have asked him and of course provide him with some sort of a value too. But, but like asked him, what is it going to take for me to get as far as possible on YouTube without having to open my wallet? Like what are the things that get uh, most viewed or whatever? And I, I just didn't, cause it's not like you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people working for YouTube that you can just, you know, randomly find. It's probably like a pretty small number of people and uh, never, Never made the contact, man.
0: Never made it, man. I'll find Boot it. Up. Up. I, I have some connections. Um, I'm actually going to hire a YouTube specialist to audit my YouTube channel. I can nice. With, yeah, and I'll share my results with you guys. Um, I, you know, Lovely. Yeah, and not that you're asking for advice right now, but any listeners and viewers out there, if you have over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, you can monetize your channel, and you can kind of control what ads are on there. So hmm. that's a smart passive income right there.
1: I got, I got that. I, I like, want that. You both. Call they'll, they'll,
0: they'll mail me money. Sweet. They'll deposit in your PayPal account if you want it. Nice. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, we'll uh, offline. I'll, I'll help you guys with that. We'll Sweet. Buy mm-hmm. some groceries with it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's free too. Plus, you get more analytics, and you get to see what video did well at what time, uh, for, and who was the audience. And like, all right, if if I enjoy doing that, then I'm gonna do more of that and help somebody.
1: So I have, yeah, I do have. I'm terrible at taking advice. I'll give it all day long. I'm terrible at it. Um so i have i have some friends that do that do crush it on youtube now here's the here's the funny thing when it comes at the end of the day in business and economics they're not they're not crushing it that much right but they crush it on youtube so this is this is a i guess a more important lesson is like popularity on social media doesn't necessarily translate to your bottom line right i know i have friends that literally crush it on youtube but they still got their nine to five job right because that's just it just doesn't pay the bills um But they have given because because you know with my podcast it's very generalist. I do stuff on philosophy, I do stuff on fitness, and they said if I want to start doing that on YouTube, it'd probably be better if I just started separate channels rather than trying to clump it all in. Is the advice they've been giving me? And I just like, "Ah, man, I don't want to manage one, but that's what they're that's what they're telling me. I don't know if that's true or not, but
2: you know, I kind of wonder. I'm I could see how that would be the case because people are looking for maybe you know if they're looking for philosophy versus training versus whatever but i also think that if, like if you as a brand are encompass all of these things in many ways maybe it only makes sense to keep it on on one channel that's
1: my thought Is the second line of it but yeah so i don't know it's it's one of those things where i'm not so desperate to have like the greatest youtube channel that i'm just like i'll just keep doing what i'm doing and
0: 100 i'm with you guys on that i, I think also for you guys especially and for myself the brand is very important the brand is why people trust you or go to you in the first place right no no flashy marketing it's just like pat Flynn's awesome alex is awesome you know you do great stuff and then there's more size to you you guys play instruments you know you talk about really cool topics and fitness right mm-hmm. so you're well rounded so um, i think it, it brings a lot of uh attractiveness to your brand yeah yeah well, Joe thank Rogan. you.
1: Yeah. That's very kind. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we really appreciate that. But I, I do mm-hmm. think you're right, because I think, um, I don't remember, maybe it might have been, I was listening to an interview with Rob Zombie on Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm like, I loved Rob Zombie. Like, oh, yeah, you that's know, fun. Man, I, I got to watching.
1: watch that one. I watched one recently with David Lee Roth on Joe oh. Rogan.
2: <laughs> I heard that one was nuts.
1: That was a trip, for yeah. sure. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I just listened to. But, but i loved every minute of it
2: <laughs> yeah david lee roth is a real nut rob zombie interestingly enough is like very normal like chill relaxed guy like very smart and what was interesting is that one of the things that he said is you know like rob is i think he was born in like mid-60s and so he was saying he and joe were kind of talking about their childhood and he said like you know, when, when we were younger, it's like, you didn't have VHS. You didn't have, obviously you didn't have Netflix and all this other stuff. So you kind of had to, if you wanted entertainment, you kind of had to uh, just deal with what was out there. And so it was like, whether it was music or whether it was TV, you know, like when planet of the apes was going to be playing on TV, like the whole neighborhood, like all the kids were talking about it. Mm. And it was like, you know, cause you couldn't just go down and like to Redbox and grab, you know, like a copy of whatever you wanted. And I think nowadays um, and Rob was saying basically like uh, you know, back in the old days, you could you could hear influences from all different types of music in people's bands. But now it's like you know exactly what these people are listening to because you can just uh, you can hear it, and it's all the same stuff. Meaning it's like it's all punk rock or it's all heavy metal or or what have you. And um, and I think that uh, I- even though it makes sense that that you would do that, it it's more beneficial. If you kind of try to be like Pat says, like be a generalist, you know, like I remember uh, Pat mentioning that the, I bet you can't do this workout that actually came from a guitar magazine, right? It was like, I bet you can't play this riff. That's
1: right. I just stole it from one category and applied it to another. Mm
2: -hmm. And and it worked great, you know, and and that's the thing. It's like so often um, people want to see if you yourself are the brand, I think people want to see that there's more to you than just training. I remember when Pat first had me on his podcast, like it was only a few episodes in, we just talked about shawarma and like, you know, like living in Israel. And I was like, this is, this is going to do really poorly because like, I just thought, you know, I was like, like, there's no way people are going to want to hear this stuff. But I was wrong because people really like people who are three dimensional Mm -hmm. and they don't feel like they can connect you as a person. If, if all you are is like, you know, I pick things up and put them down. Right. Right. So right. If you don't have if you're not interested in something, you don't want to pretend, you know, like I'm genuinely interested in, in playing bass and learning foreign languages and, you know, all sorts of other fun stuff. So it's, it's authentic. But I think nowadays people are, are so specialized, like by default, that they don't even know where to begin in terms of like. Branching out and, and finding something that they're excited about. But yeah, it really is important. Yeah, people,
1: people are both like, in today's world, oddly enough, they're like hyper specialized, isolated, and yet still lack depth yeah. you know, and yeah. incompetent, which like boggles my mind. Whereas to your point about musicianship with being a generalist too, Nuno Betancourt, one of my favorite guitarists from the band Extreme.
2: Street um yeah (laughs) yeah that's
1: the song everyone knows him for but like every other song on that album is is what you actually want to listen to that's a good that's a good song though I have to admit everyone everyone gets moved moved by more than that that album yeah that's get the funk out that's the porno graffiti album right yeah uh wholehearted is on there as well which is kind of another one of their softer ones but anyway he's I, I remember watching one of his like older clinics or something and somebody said how do you become a better guitarist he says by becoming a better musician like, don't just listen to other guitarists. Like, listen to opera singers. Listen mm. to cellists. Listen because you're going to absorb those influences, and that's going to make your style more dynamic, more interesting, more bold. You're going to stand out more if you don't just isolate yourself or just hyper specialize with just one line of influences uh, or even on just one instrument. So he's not saying he's he's saying like, don't just go across different genres. Go across different instruments. That's what's going to make you. And and like what is Nuno known for? Well, like Van Halen, people who know Nuno is like this guy's style is incredible. He's just so unique. And he says it's because I just incorporate uh, influences into guitar that I got from outside of guitar. Marty Friedman was the same one. Marty Friedman from Megadeth.
0: That's what I was thinking
1: about. Yeah, his, he's really well known for this having this very strange vibrato, but it's like a beautiful exotic vibrato. Uh, everybody who he's one of those guitarists like as soon as you hear the first couple of lines you're like that's marty friedman because the style is so distinct he got it from japanese enka singers right he was just trying to emulate japanese enka singers and it gave him this utterly unique um way of 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 getting the notes to sing that just makes him stand out in a way that no other guitarist uh sounds like him so yeah he's but he's still like an uber virtuoso he's still got incredible depth in terms of pyrotechnical precision but it's that generalism that branching out so it was interesting you brought it up alex because it's something that seems to actually be a pretty consistent theme among at least some people who i really look up to
2: yeah it's if there's anything that's really a hack i think uh to get better at you know whatever your main goal is i really do think that it's it's being uh being more interesting and having more depth than just being like, this is the only thing I can do. Some people can be really, really obsessed with one thing and do like incredibly well. Um, But uh, I mean, I think you've, you've mentioned there are a couple of guitar players who are like that, who are just phenomenal guitar players, but like no social skills or no business skills or anything like that.
1: Yeah. They're jerks. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, But yeah, by and large for most people, I think, uh, well, I mean, this is true for, I think it's always been true whatever you see people doing just do the opposite and yeah you'll probably crush it
1: and like don't get me wrong i'd rather be like a a hyper hardcore one trick pony specialist than having to go to a party and people ask well what can you do and like the only thing i can say is i can float on my back right um True. but i think if like yeah there's certain musicians i won't name them right now not that they're gonna come attack me they wouldn't waste their time um but like even guitarists that are like hyper specialists, it's like, you can listen to them for like 15 seconds Mm -hmm. and then, and then you're over it. Right. Because it's like, you got that one trick, like you're really, 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 really fast on the fretboard, for example, but that's, but that's it. And like, that's really appealing for 15 seconds. And then you've, you've just lost me now for like the first person that ever does that that person becomes uber famous, mm-hmm. right? The first person who ever like breaks the speed of light on the fretboard becomes famous. But then people start to emulate that person, right? They wanna try and be, and then all those people are just a bunch of, nobody cares, right? So unless you're the first person to be that, like hyper specialist, then just be a generalist. Yeah, it's easier you're, to be the way
2: first better off. than to be the best.
0: Right, or it's easier to be different than it is to be better. There you go. Ooh, I love mm-hmm. this. You know, Pat, there's a lot of things I can bring up to add to these topics, this is great. Um, you know, a few chats ago, you gave good advice, like start the project yesterday so you can be the first, right? Or among the first, right? It's nice to be an early adopter. Like mm-hmm. my book right there is the number one book on split in the world and the only one. Like, Ooh. you know. <laughs> so, Perfect, man. Yeah. So if you just get your stuff out there um, and also back to diversity not just with music, too, but with people. Like, It's very easy to get into a, an echo chamber and only hear, hear certain things, and it doesn't really help a person grow as much, right? It's nice to mm-hmm. get different points of view. Uh, an adult conversation is not heated, uh, and get some knowledge. It's good oh. to argue with a lot of stupid people on Facebook, I think. <laughs> that's, that's the game. Yeah. Well, yes, about that. Well, each <laughs> one of us have a really big Facebook group, right? And um, uh, I'm, luckily, I have support with my Facebook group, it's just shy of 10,000 people for backcountry skiing and snowboard. And it's really, uh, I try and stay curious about why people comment the way they comment and what they post. And we try and moderate it. And Pat and I talk about this in good detail, and I hope we talk about it again, about like putting the hammer down, no, no pun intended, uh, you know, cutting people off. Yeah, exactly. So, as, In your guys' world, how do you handle assholes?
1: Oh, well, let me just say a couple things about your first point, which is, how, yes, uh, diversity of viewpoints, right? If you're, if you're on the hunt for truth, and I think all of us are, you want the best opposing viewpoints. Um, and the best place for that is to have good friends who are very intelligent that you can have amic. I mean, like, like look around my friends circle, like, Alex, one of my best friends. I'm Catholic, he's Jewish. We have, we have a huge difference between us, right? A major, like, religious difference. We're still best friends um but we can have mature conversations about these things one of our other great friends yonatan the cameraman he's like an agnostic right he's not he's not religious at all sam hindu for example so you know having so i'm with you 100 but then there's the other side of it where you just have shrill petulant fools that just they just they just want to they don't really want to engage they don't really want to have a a civilized dialogue or, or conversation or argument and that's where I'm, I'm far less tolerant, right? I just, I, I really just don't have time for that. Um, it's, it also helps, like, you know, kind of from a philosophical standpoint, like, subscribe to academic journals. Like, you want the best opposing views. Just, like, go to the p- peer-reviewed stuff on any issue, right, for the best arguments. as kind of like stress testers for your positions. Um, you're probably not going to find it on your average Facebook thread. You're just not. So my, my advice, and I was talking with Alex about this the other day, is, like, I don't know why I let uh, so much puerile nonsense on my Facebook stream as I actually do. Like I feel like I've been far more tolerant than I should be for people who just really sap my time, energy, patience, uh, distract me from work, and like people I like don't even know. Like there was a unfortunately a period on Facebook where I just accepted way too many friend requests from people I don't know, just thinking it was like the nice thing to do, and sure. that was a mistake on a on a private page. I'm I'm starting to realize. So those are a few initial thoughts. And then when it comes to groups, uh, yeah, especially if it's your group, I would say a couple things. Um, one is you need to set expectations and culture from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a group like, hey, here's what we talk about. Here's what we don't talk about. Here's the etiquette that is acceptable. Here's the etiquette that's not acceptable. Have like a big expectations thread and be very firm. Um, you know, and if you, if you do that and you're willing to drop the hammer hard and fast, set that culture in i think you'll be very successful i mean my strong on group like i feel confident knowing like i could leave that group for like a week and i know i'm not going to come back to any dumpster fire of a mess it's quite it's actually quite rare that we have any issues in that group at this point but it's because i did the best i could to make sure that the expectations and culture was
0: set from the start that's excellent advice excellent advice yeah Yeah. i think
2: uh i would have to echo that i mean i have a facebook group that's not quite that large i mean it's just a little shy of like 800 people i've actually never had any issues um the uh and I, I really haven't set any expectations meaning i never wrote a thread saying here's how you have to comport yourself
1: but but i would say you did alex because a lot of them have been with you for a while through your email list right sure.
2: yeah so that's there a good was point.
1: so there was like a cultural molding if you will Yeah. Right. And and it wasn't just like a random group. You started with a bunch of random people in it, for example. True. No, that is a
2: very good point. A lot of people who are on my email list are all are also in this group. Um, And there are people who are from the outside who are maybe not on the email list, but they've been attracted to the group because they're the kind of people that I try to attract uh, around me. In any case, like the people who are interested in learning, who are and I have people I can tell you, I have people of all different political persuasions and religious persuasions. But it just, that sort of a thing never really comes up. And I think part of it is because uh, it's just, again, it's just like what I've cultivated. And I've really only, I never really had to throw anybody out of my group, but I have thrown people out, but it was for other infractions. Like um, one guy bought something from me and an hour later asked for a refund, Uh, despite being very clear on what what he was going to get. He was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so recently wrote a book that is like half the price. and you know, it, it also covers this material. I was like, okay, well, I mean, you have a PDF uh, that I can't get back <laughs> and you want your money back. So I'll give you your money back, but you'll n- not only never do business with me again, but you're out of the group, you're off the email list. So I blocked him from the email list, threw him out of Bye-bye. the group. And like, sure enough, earlier this year, he tried to like, tried to rejoin the list. I I, I denied it, tried again, like a day later. So not I happened just- That buddy,
1: you, you lost your privilege. Right, Sorry. well, I let him
2: languish in the- uh, in the uh the waiting room for a little while and then i just blocked him i was like i'm not going to keep accepting <laughs> him him. i had to be a little petty but but yeah i mean things like that are the only ones that i really had to deal with and i think um you know there's that saying that water seeks its own he level it's like
1: dangling hope in front of him like a kid oh, I,
2: I i'm i'm pretty cruel i mean it's like <laughs> I, I remember seeing uh when i was a kid and it was like you a monster graphic or ranger rick where it was like uh, this, this wolf or was throwing a vole up into the air, a little rodent thing, just playing with its food before he killed it and ate it. And that was basically what I did without the murder part. <laughs> so, um, and without the eating. So I guess it's really nothing like that now that I think about it. Not at all analogous.
0: <laughs> but, it's pretty um, nice. with the guy.
2: but I did, I strung him along a little bit, <laughs> which is Cat. what I thought was really funny. Um, but I don't feel bad for this guy either because it's like I provided, and people love this program. I mean, I, I had people uh, talking about it in the group like over a year later like how, how much they liked it.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't need, I know you do great work. You don't need to defend yourself, but there's an important principle here is like, there's this been slogan that's been generated that like the customer is always right. And that's absolutely (laughs) false. Right. It's It's just, you couldn't be more wrong or it's this idea that like, if you're a business owner, you're like, like you're always guaranteed to be the one that's going to exploit people, but customers would never exploit a business. That's, I mean, give me, a break businesses are exploited left and right big businesses small businesses all the time are robbed they're taken advantage of
2: Um, yelp like mm -hmm. hey you know uh be a real shame if somebody left you a a bad review on your on your restaurant because i didn't get a free dessert like come (laughs) on man like they're trying to shake you down like like there's some sort of a mafia figure because people are afraid of, of somebody saying something bad on yelp you know if you know what you're doing you can turn those negative reviews the more reasons for people to buy from yeah you got to be clever and
1: and witty but those can be assets but yeah so it's like uh when you when i get a whiff of somebody who's who's doing something unethical or trying to take advantage in in any way i i'm without i ban them for life like you've lost like you never get to do business with me you not only never get to do business with me you don't even get to read my content you're black from my email list all of it so i think that's a policy more business owners should and like you'll get a lot of like people like repenting and be like, I'm sorry. And like, that's good. You want the repentance, but I'm firm on that. Like you've tried to, if you tried to rip me off, especially if you're like rude to my wife who does like the customer service stuff or you try to like pull one over on her. I have, I have no, uh, there's no strikes. There's no remorse. You're gone. You're gone for good
0: at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, can, I can respect that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the weeds out of the garden. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, another point too, like you brought, you guys brought up, the customer, your ideal customer you know i 've had to fire customers before, and i 'm sure you guys have too, and mm-hmm. it 's good for them and it 's good for you right, because that way they 're not an energy vampire or taking you down some kind of weird rabbit hole, and then they they find the person or the company or the service that 's best for them, and they 're out of your your world so mm-hmm.
1: well yeah it's like, it's like of course the customer is not always right because especially in a coaching business, why would you be asking me for advice then
2: mm-hmm. seriously, you know what? I, there's there 's an email marketer that that Pat and I both like named Ben Settle, and uh, he said he ha- he has these rules the, the Ben settle rules and uh, he, one of them is if you let your customers run your business they 're going to run it up on the rocks like these people don 't i mean they might have good intentions, but they don 't really know uh, anything about your business and like they 're thinking of it maybe from uh, from and sometimes they 're not even your customers i, I here 's an example. A couple months ago, maybe it was weeks, months, I don't remember, but I posted something on my, on my professional Facebook page. And I always at the end, I include an inducement to join my email list because I tell them this is where all my best content goes out. You know, not, it's not social media. I, I post good content on social media, but like my most in-depth and most beneficial and helpful stuff is always going to be on the email list. That's, that's my priority and uh and so somebody some commenter was like you know i understand what you're trying to do by by putting a link to your email list but i think it really takes away from the content and i was like oh okay well then i'll i'll just go back to uh not making money and wasting all my day on on social media so that you feel a little bit better about reading uh some advice on facebook that you're just going to scroll past and not take any action on and i'll deprive all these other people of the ability to t- to make a decision that's going to help their life immensely by getting on my list and maybe finding a, a, you know, a program that they like or a challenge that really, that really helps them a lot. Like if I had listened to this guy or any, any person like him, I mean, I would not be doing anywhere nearly as well because these people, again, they, they don't have your interests in mind. They have, you know, they don't even know why they want what they want. Like it doesn't make any sense to complain about that because he's there voluntarily. He's not, he's not like, it's not a paid thing. And I'm, I'm you know, uh, and I'm spamming yeah, like a bunch of let's say like unrelated products that'd be a different complaint this is like my page he's there for free he hasn't bought anything from me so i don't really i don't really give a yeah. crap what he
1: thinks. there's there's just weird and i i'm sure maybe both of you guys have noticed this too with with people like that there's this weird mix of both rationalization and entitlement they're they're rarely the people that take any action but they're the yeah. first and loudest to complain on things and they have this incredible sense of entitlement so Whenever I get a whiff of that, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, you're just, you're just gone, I just have no time for that. Mm-hmm. And for coaches and stuff too that let customers run their business, like, you, please, whoever's listening to this, if you ever hire a coach like that, you are getting scammed for your money. Because that to me is just a sign of both cowardice and incompetence. A coach who knows what they're doing will let you know what you need to do because they are your coach, <laughs> right? And if you're telling your coach what you should be doing, you're, congr- congrats you played yourself, right? Like, I don't know what you hired, but it ain't a coach. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, this is fantastic. Okay. This is a fun topic. I hope we're going to get to. We did. So uh, last weekend at my gym uh, here in Denver, uh, we had a little coaches course and it wasn't like a certification. It was just nine of us, all coaches got together and created curriculum and uh, some movement patterns and some coaching and like, and it was cool because I'm not a CrossFit person, I'm not an Olympic lifter, but there are three of those people. So I got to study how they operate and what they look for and watch what I think is a bad pull-up and I show them a real pull-up because we know how to do them, You know, So long story longer, in the um, the non-physical stuff we did, what is your why? So there's this drill you can do, right? Like seven whys deep and people like break down in a good way, they get they expose themselves. Like, why do you coach? Why do you, do whatever it is you do, right? It was really a nice eye-opener for, for myself and love other people too. But um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's a fun drill. And then one of the questions was, what is a coach? What is a leader, you know? It might be a little bit different for most people, but basically I think it's like serving somebody help them get something done or help them teach them, basically. Right,
1: I, I like the analogy of a trail guide. A coach yeah. is a trail guide, right? Because it's like you can't walk the trail for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But you can keep them on path. You can give them the guidance. You can help increase efficiency. You can help improve their effectiveness, right? So for me, the analogy of a trail guide always seemed most appropriate for a coach because it shows that there's expectations on both parties. You still got to walk the trail, but the coach is there to provide you like legitimate shortcuts mm-hmm. to help to make sure you don't get, you don't wander off into the brush. You don't, you don't, you know, Get bitten by something poisonous. You don't hurt yourself, and that you know what the best path is to take. That to me is is I think the predominant
2: role of a coach, I like. right? And and, and I, I have to say I really like that analogy because, you know, there are a couple. There's a lot of stuff going into that if you think about it. First of all, you you like it, there's that those holiday end commercials, and commercials. It's like somebody's given all this advice. And it's like, are you a doctor? He's like, no, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. The joke being that this person is, is acting you know, like they know what they're doing. You don't want to hire a Holiday Inn Express trail guide, right? And uh, and so ideally, you're going to look for somebody with some experience and somebody who knows how to help you. And then if you do hire them and you're like, you know, I think we should probably take that trail over there, I think that one looks like a little bit better. And the trail guides like, OK, yeah, sure. Why not? But like all it does is get you lost or stuck or you know, who knows what else. And then you're going to blame the trail guide. Well, actually you should because the trail guide should have been like, no, that's not what you hired me for. Like, yes. this is the reason why that trail is no good. This is the reason why you specifically need this one. Like that's a black diamond trail, right? Like if you've been hiking for 10 years, that's a good trail. But if this is your first hike, no, like we're going to do this one because you're going to enjoy the experience. You're also not going to, you know, just barely live to regret it. So yeah, you absolutely, you know, you need someone who can guide you, but you also need someone who's not going to get, pushed around like right. i feel like that's just a level of like i, I don't know I don't, why people do it but it seems almost ubiquitous to this. like thing.
1: i couldn't imagine like especially when i'm starting like i'm young and i'm taking guitar lessons like te- like telling my guitar teacher like what i need to be doing like that like that it doesn't even make sense to me right? no. <laughs> it didn't then it wouldn't make sense now um same thing when i first started martial arts you know what i think i need to do is even though i know nothing about this right and you've been doing this for forty years, and you have, you know, multiple championships and, and this or that. I see what you're saying. I hear you, but I want to do this.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. reminds me of a great story. There's a, you remember Kevin Trudeau, like that the. Oh yeah, with <laughs> the quack the quack dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's in jail now. But, um, but he had a couple of good stories I've heard through through third parties, and one of them was that when he was young, he, he did exactly that. He went to a martial arts studio and he went to the sensei or the master or whatever. He's like, show me some like cool advanced stuff. And the guy goes, oh, advanced stuff, I mean like this. And he walked him over to a candle, punched right in front of it. And the, the, the wind from his fist went so fast it blew the candle out. And Trudeau was like, yeah, I like that. He goes, okay, well first I have to teach you how to punch. So he really illustrated the fact that you, you can't escape having to do the boring stuff if you wanna to get to the really exciting stuff. And uh, most people, again, even if they think they're gonna be excited by doing the cool, like the cool ninja stuff, they're not gonna do it anyway. Like right. they, need, they need to have something that, and these are people I would say who are more predisposed to be uh, good clients or, or students are the ones. Yeah who want to do the basic stuff, but they also realize, um, you know what, I I've, I can really only commit to a certain amount of time. So I'm just going to really put my focus into being consistent with something that's not going to take up a, a ton of my time, but I'm going to show up every single time and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I have a, a lot of people who've, who've started doing particularly this year, but also last year, uh, and years prior, but they, they've started doing exactly that. And like, they're just like thrilled at the, at the results they're getting. And they're not doing anything ninja or what have you, they're, they're putting in the work on like fundamental stuff. And they're having a really good time doing it because I've, I've kind of I've given them the right vision. I've tried to, to attract the right people. And those who, who bond with the, with the ideas that I have and are willing to do the, the kind of, we'll say, boring, consistent stuff are the ones who have like, just like, really exciting finishes, right? Yep. first off
1: i was not expecting a good positive story from kevin trudeau most of the only things you hear about him are Did it, what <laughs> was his spam. book it was like it was like the natural cures like they don't want you to know they don't want you to know like,
2: <laughs> i like i like how the they went from you know like the quotation marks like we, we still use that and it's like nobody really knows who they are it's just like people have this this idea that like well maybe people are trying to keep some some good information from me so i'll buy this crap yeah
1: yeah fascinating.
2: Yeah, that was I thought that was a good story. I I don't know if he's still languishing in prison but I I kind of think he is. <laughs> I have no idea, yeah. I remember, actually, I think I followed him on Facebook. This is totally random. This <laughs> when, when We're was... going to get
1: an email of, like, Alex Pippen, his affiliate program.
2: <laughs> oh. strength, <laughs> right, exactly. strength, secret, strength secrets they don't want you to know. <laughs> oh, dude, I should totally do that. I'm looking up right now. Well, it'd the... be funny
1: if you did it because everyone know that, you know, it's just <laughs> tongue-in-cheek for you. But that would, that would be a kind of cool name of a program, actually. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, as long they as tell you this. Well, I'm going to tell you that. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. <laughs> um I just looked him up. He is American. I thought he was Canadian for some reason. But um oh, I did too. Yeah, I probably cuz Trudeau, you know, you got Justin Trudeau and uh, yeah. you know, I, that's my guess. But I remember when on Facebook like right around the time that you know, it looked like he was going to get thrown in the clink. <laughs> he was posting all this like really patriotic stuff like you know, like basically to try to drum up support. And he was just going for like the lowest common denominator. (laughs) It was, I I remember one time it was just like Kevin Trudeau has updated his, his uh, profile picture and it was just like bald eagle with like an American flag in the background. And I was like, dude, you're definitely going to jail for a long time. Like this is just like, uh, this is just telegraphing it
1: man it's it's well i guess if you don't have a whole bunch of dignity to start why would you think he's gonna finish with it right right but, oh well yeah uh, i i mean it's 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 sad like you wish like these these scams and stuff weren't out there but i guess if you don't find a little humor in some of it you'll probably just go insane
0: yeah. oh for sure hmm well yeah speaking of training are you guys doing any kind of virtual group training
1: no not i haven't done a like a group training program in some time i've had i've had a lot of people because i've i've done i would say usually one or two like group training programs per year i just have not had the time um this past like year and a half honestly i would i would like to get back to it maybe at some point it's just uh, i always enjoy doing it but you know it's commitments like anything else so sure yeah nothing yeah
2: no same here i mean i um i I did do one earlier this year, but like Pat said, I mean, it, it's a lot of work that goes into it. And yes. um, I uh, I definitely think it's a nice thing to do, If you particularly if you've got something kind of experimental where you're just starting out doing, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, part of it's gonna be experimental for you guys because we're doing something that like, I don't know, it's not like Old Faithful, you know, that I know exactly what's gonna happen. I have uh, some ideas of what might happen, but I wanna see what kind of results you get. And then at, later on, if it turns out, be something that I could turn into a different product, you know, you guys will get like either uh, grandfathered in with like, you know, you get like a copy of, of like the, the next version or, or what have you, but, but yeah, it is a lot of work. Um, and one of the things I've been finding is that um, if people like a lot of, because I have this Facebook group, so much of it is people checking in with their daily workouts, that it's almost like functioning like that anyway, um, but at a price point that more people can afford for the most part. And, uh, and they're getting a lot of camaraderie from other people. Uh, they're getting, uh, they're, like they're becoming friends on Facebook. That's cool. And, right, and so it's like, it's happening sort of organically. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's become something where it's like, well, why force it, you know? If it's already happening. Right. And, uh, and they're getting kind of the benefits from it. I would say just let it happen.
0: Cool, cool, very good. I dig it. Well, I was just kind of curious. I, I had never done it before, and I started doing it this month. Um, I built a gym inside a law firm. Uh, several years ago. And that was like my, my main gym outside of the I currently trained. And um, of course it closed down in March, like everything else did, but pitched together an idea of doing like a, a zoom virtual class. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of fun actually. Uh, 15, 20 people in each class. But this is the funny part though. If the cameras aren't on, I'm, I'm literally talking for 45 minutes and showing stuff to just 15 white boxes. Yeah. Right. It's, very, uh-huh. it's almost discouraging. And then you're like, And then I found a way to pump in music through the Focusrite. um, But I can't hear the music, so I don't know how loud it is, per se. And so it's kind of like 45 minutes of neurotic pirate jokes and exercises. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 and uh and then the last five minutes like everybody turns their cameras on oh that was so great and they're all covered in sweat and like woo. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's then, all right okay yeah so yes. it like gives you some satisfaction that it did work and then you see people's dogs and their kids are involved you're like oh just leave your cameras on please we the camaraderie would be so right yeah 100%. so
1: so actually that, that changes me. i'm sorry i, I might have got confused i thought you were talking about like group coaching programs we have done a number of the virtual training stuff oh, yeah. I thought you did. um this year yeah no we definitely did um I just wasn't making the right connection there. So yeah, because throughout the years I've done like like group, uh, like group like I guess online coaching over a certain period of time. I haven't had time to do that in a while, but this year we did um, we did a virtual bells and beer, That's right. uh, which is just like a one one time like workshop thing, yeah. right? Um, and then we did uh, we did one on the swing, we did one on the squat, and we do have one more coming up actually, and it will be on the Turkish get up, and it will happen sometime next month. We haven't set a specific date yet, but. Uh, if you're on Alex or uh, my email list, then you'll definitely hear about it as soon as we do
0: that's really cool. What a fun exercise too mm-hmm. um, Have you guys ever done a sandbag get up Yes yeah I, I, my first experience was this last week of that coach's course I don't know about you guys but I found it almost easier to do a squat get-up than it was to do like a traditional Turkish kind of
1: it is. It is. I have an old video on my YouTube channel. I'd be curious to see if this one actually got a decent dec- amount dec- 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 um, use or not where like there used to be a very heavy log outside the Dragon Gym. It was well over 100 pounds, and I did a get-up with that thing. And I don't remember if I went into the squat or not, but I remember it was extremely awkward and a lot more difficult than I thought it was
0: going to be. It, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, especially the log, at least the sandbag kind of rests on you and you can, kind yeah. Of hug yeah. It. I,
2: yeah, I think the really, the squat getup does make a lot of sense. Cause it's like, you've got two legs that you can just move more weight with. Whereas, you know, with the Turkish getup, it's more of like a party trick to do with the standard, you know, hand sure. overhead, because if you don't have the shoulder mobility, and even if you do like, it's just think like the shoulder mobility is like the, is like the limiting factor. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think it makes more sense. The, uh, the other way, if you're going to do the sandbag or a log, mm-hmm. you know, or something along those lines. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's yeah, fun.
1: sandbag's cool. I haven't played around with sandbags probably in like three or four years. We used to have a number at the Dragon Gym and I would throw them into the, they were never a primary training tool for me, but I'd like to throw them in every now and then.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's my first time ever using it. Um, and it was fun, you know, to yeah, stick mm-hmm. stuff out. Oh, that's, that's really cool. You know, I, I, yeah, I remember the, the series you had for the, the squat and stuff, so I look forward to the Turkish getup and, um, yeah, using Zoom has been pretty interesting. Uh, I, Vimeo is another resource, too, I learned about last week. You can upload in the 4K. You can stream with better quality than Zoom, and then the people can download the video in 4K or 1080p, whatever you shot. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you can have password you know, protection, as you should, so the person pays for it and gets it. But it costs, like, 70 bucks a month for that plan. Which I
1: may point. have that. I have a, Z- a, Z- a Vimeo account that I've uploaded, like, because for like private videos and stuff yep. before, I feel like I may have that account. So
0: I would, yeah, check that out because I think that might be a really cool resource too, um, or a backup mm-hmm. plan to to Zoom or whatever people are using. Interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, you are you are the resources guy, Sean. You <laughs> really
0: are. Well, I appreciate that. I uh, I try a lot of things and I fail at most of them. So I will report <laughs> yeah, you're on the right cook. track,
2: man.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of cool ways to do stuff here. Oh, there's one quote I I saw and I thought about you guys. And it was um, on the side of a shanty, uh, a mountain shanty, like a little hut. And I'll, sh- I'll put a picture in the show notes.
2: Sounds like you regard uh, us very highly already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's a beautiful, it's like, it's a really cool place. I like to go there and show my, uh, my friends on when I'm a trail leader on the trail. And like, there's a secret hut that nobody knows about. It's really cool, covered in cool stickers. And on the side of it are some pretty good quotes. And the one that I was thinking about was, uh, comparison is the killer of joy. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. no one really stuck with me. So I like a lot of people spend a lot of time comparing, especially on social media. Grass is always greener, and and then Brett Jones and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. The biggest thing that I don't think that people understand is uh, we're all battling something or going through something, and we may not show on the surface. But if we approach with compassion and empathy, and stay curious, and you know support other people, and not just think, oh, that person's completely put together. They've got like a Range Rover and all this and that. You know, there's there's a lot more behind the scenes. Especially right
1: now. Oh, there, there always is, and like I hope, like um, I hope even stuff we talked about earlier um, shows some of that. I mean, like it's it's minor stuff. It's not like deep, like uh, emotional, personal distress. But even just saying, like, hey, we've been at this business thing for a long time, and when it comes to a lot of stuff, like what makes a good YouTube video, I have no idea, right? <laughs> like, and I know people assume, like people see my stuff, they see my popular videos, whatever, they just like assume. That the grass is greener on Pat Flynn's side. He must have this all figured out or whatever. No, no, not always the case. Uh, yeah, rare, I mean, rarely the case with me. In fact. No,
2: I, I have to echo that. Like, there are so many things. I don't know too many people who don't have like the uh, imposter syndrome where they're like, you know, what am I doing? What am I talking about? I, I think the important thing to keep in mind is that almost everybody has that. I think, yeah, I think even Dan John has talked about this. And, and, and this guy, like, very few people have the experience that Dan John has in the coaching right. field, right? He's not talking about, you know, like something he has no expertise in, but like stuff that he does have expertise in that he's, he's periodically had that feeling. And I, I think that uh, the important thing is not to, not to like ignore it completely and just assume that you've made it or that you know everything you're talking about, but rather that what you're saying and doing is going to have value and that no matter what, you're going to keep uh, improving and you're gonna keep progressing Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way that you're going to do that is if you have enough self-respect to say, here's what I'm doing well at, here are the things that I, I can say very uh, very truthfully that I, I need to keep working at, I need to get better at, but it shouldn't stop you from doing them. I mean, I think anybody, if we want to use the analogy of exercise, because I, I see this a lot actually in, in, um, um, in exercise for sure, but also in learning foreign languages and stuff like that, but uh, people will will say, ah, you know, I I want to do, I want to get in shape, but you know, but I can't, I can't devote an hour a day, five days a week. It's like, well, who said you had to like, what can you do? Can you do like two days a week for 15 minutes? Can you start with that? Or can you do every day for five minutes so that it's just like something that th- there's no emotional attachment to it. It's as simple as brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of times people, people give themselves like the standard they give themselves are, is like so high that like if they were to even attempt it of course they would fail so why even bother trying it and it really holds a lot of people back and then they see people like uh that they really admire doing very well and they're thinking man this person's just made to do this stuff mm-hmm. and uh it, it's very rarely the case you know you got to you got to sack up put on your big boy pants boys boy pants, and then you got to just get after it and be willing to make a fool of yourself. Everybody's going to forget it anyway. Like I see stupid stuff periodically and nobody remembers. I mean, it's like it's 72 hours. Everyone's forgotten. Uh, Of course. Yeah. So
1: there's that balancing act, right? There's the one thing is like, yeah, you definitely need to sack up, put on the big boy pants and like just get the freaking work, develop some virtue at the same time. Um, remember what really matters, you know, remember that it is about the virtues that you develop for yourself. Um, there's always going to be somebody who's better, right? I mean, in fitness, like that's, I mean, like, look, I don't care. Uh, I like, we've all been there, right? Where we all get, especially it's so easy in fitness. It's so easy in fitness, the comparison game with, with, with weight lifted or lifts performed or body composition. It's almost impossible not to get into that at first. And it's, it's almost like you kind of like have to get into it and realize it just makes you miserable, so that way you can just finally leave that attitude. It's, uh, it seems like it has to be something to almost like, it's almost valuable to kind of learn it through hard experience, just because like, you've, you can say like, yeah, I did that before, and I was utterly miserable, and now I realize that I never need to do that again or should never do that again, and then you can really make it a truly more virtuous activity, and you can look to other people, and you can like, genuinely admire them you know, uh, or who are doing great and they can inspire you. And that, I think that's kind of the key to get to this point where you can admire someone and be inspired by someone without falling into that comparison trap. That's tough to do. I'll admit it's tough to do. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's good on all levels too. Um, for example, back to this course we did last weekend, there were some very fit people, half my age, well, probably a little older 25 and they were knocking out some impressive things and they but I was watching them get kind of, Competitive, probably healthy competitive. I'm not competitive at all. I'm not out to impress anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I got out of it what I needed to get out of it, you know? Had a good time, learned some new stuff, made some new friends. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really glad we're all on the same page about like, you know, expressing that things don't always go perfect. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of failures, and some good triumphs too along the way. They're all that much more sweet because you, <laughs> you've earned it.
2: Absolutely. Right. yeah
1: competition a good thing but so it's all about distinctions right there's distinctions between competition and falling into the the comparison trap you can be very competitive mm -hmm. and you can have a healthy competitive spirit you just got to watch out
0: Mm -hmm. don't want to eat you this is great guys um you've given me an hour and a half of your time each this has been fantastic this has been a blast the big boys have enjoyed this (laughs) good yeah we should do this again and um and uh bring out the instruments
1: dude yeah next time
0: let's let's set it up maybe we'll open up with a little tune for the listeners that would be awesome Mm. that'd be awesome uh is there any final things you want to cover or uh, bring attention to
1: i don't my my part man this is this has been a blast i appreciate you putting this together sean a lot of
0: fun Thank, thank you pat i appreciate it very much and i want to give a shout out to both you and dan john i've taken stuff from each one of you inspired by you guys into the training programs i do so i enjoy getting your email lists and uh the neck mobility has been very helpful, Alex. And I'm actually using Dan John's 3030 program, a modification of it for my group classes because it's very easy to coach that way. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see you guys and Dan and other fitness professionals putting out great content that uh, helps a lot of people get better and to serve more people. So I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. That's what it's all about. You know, we're trying to mm-hmm. mostly me. weakness. <laughs> we'll a long day. It's not easy, but uh, it's got to be done.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll have links to um, to Alex and to Pat, of course, and then um, I have some notes. I actually do have notes, so I will put those in the show notes. And um, all you listeners and viewers, uh, thank you for uh, checking out the Engagement Podcast and thanks for the support. Uh, next time, I'm gonna have these guys on again. Send over some questions so we can pick these these brains. And uh, Pat and Alex, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Sweet guys. Well, that was fun. Sweet.